Hello, hey, how's it going? This is uh, Mr. Clark with the After School Spectacular. How's it going, man? I'm so excited for this podcast. I um, actually recorded an episode, the first episode ever recorded with my brother-in-law. But the only issue is that it is very hard to understand me. He sounds fine. He sounds crystal clear. But for me, you cannot understand me because uh, I tried to use my fancy fancy mic and we were recording the uh, podcast episode over Zoom. So it's kind of hard to hear me. But he sounds great. The episode's good. You can still pretty much understand what's going on. And I would love to play it for you. So without further ado, here it is. Well, teachers ain't shit. Bad teachers. <laughs> Bad teachers ain't shit. And, you know, I am so tired of their complaining. It's just like, like, I get it. We have to be safe. We have to protect ourselves. But, you know, it's usually the teachers that don't have kids that find every excuse not to serve the few, the few, the few children that they do have, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm about tired of the complaining. Oh yeah, me too. So think of first, you just like uh, introduce yourself, and then we'll go straight into the bad teachers, and then uh, okay, take it from there. All right, so you started. Three, two, one. What's up, y'all? This is Professor TJ coming at you, New York City educator, uh, for 15 years, and public school system in the college publics in the public college system and uh yeah i'm excited to be on the ass podcast with my main man mr clark what's up mr clark what's up man so uh yeah i mean i didn't know you had 15 that's awesome i, I didn't know that um well the first four i was just like fucking around okay i don't really consider i mean i was working with young people but it was more uh you know, after school programs and things like that. I mean, I suppose that counts, right? Okay, yeah. It's DOE okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it counts. So, um, yeah, but, you know, it's, uh, I feel like when you're in the game, when you're in any, any field, any career, it's almost like it, you can easily overstay your welcome. You know, you can, you can do it so long that you forget what's important. You know, Be, you know, you just, you know, if you do something so long, you just become shitty at it. You become either really, really good or you take it for granted and become really, really shitty. And I, I never want to, I want, I never want to do anything that long. No. And I remember like in, uh, in, in grad school, right, they told us this thing and I, I, I think it's true. So. I just want to say that before I, you know, I didn't come up with this. <laughs> I told us this, and I was like, damn, this is a good thing. So, teaching is similar to being a parent, because this is the only thing where it's like, you do, you, you see this your whole life from one perspective, and then as a student or a child, you know, you watch your parents or your teacher, and then when it's your turn, now you see it from the other perspective, you know? Um, it's it's one of those things where it's like that's there's like some of the only two things where it's really like that um, that most people you know uh, will experience you know uh, especially I mean, with teachers you know it's the only other one other than like being a parent so with this when we talk about bad teachers right first like uh, let's talk about like when, when you were a student like bad teachers you had from you know grade school through high school, college, whatever. Then we'll talk about when you're as a teacher now, what are some, just some like scumbags you, <laughs> you either mm-hmm. work with. Yeah, it's got way more stories than I do, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, shit, like for me, the first one I think of would be like, I had this teacher in fifth grade, man. Her name, and I wish I knew back then how like goofy this was for her name, but her name was Kaggy Brown. And 
Tacky Brown? <laughs> and then she was Yo, a nightmare. But it's that's like, crazy. I, I, there's so many jokes I can think of now. Like, yeah, that's pretty much Tam Brown. Like, <laughs> well, her parents <laughs> named her Tacky. Yeah. Like, and she was just, I remember she said, she's like, I'm, it's my first year teaching. And we're like, oh, she seemed like a nice, pleasant woman, right? And then she was just like a, this complete nightmare, you know? And she would hurt my feelings, and I couldn't really explain what was going on because what it was was she was just very condescending. And uh, so I would come home and tell my mom, I was like, my teacher is mean. And she said, what'd she do? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you know like, she, didn't, like, she didn't curse me out. She didn't, you, you don't have to say anything. It just was like the way she would just, it's not what she said, but how she said it, you know? And also, like, I had, um, I had dyslexia growing up, so I could read to myself, right? And I remember they even said that, like, I don't know if it said it in the IEP, but, like, it was something that it was, like, they, the teachers knew, so they probably did say that. It was, I could read to myself very well, but, like, reading out loud, I had, like, fear, and I would stutter a lot, and it, just, it wasn't good, you know? So this woman would call on me, like, exclusively every time just to mess with me. Like, it wasn't... And if I ever called her out, I'd actually, I was just trying to help you. No, she, could you call me twice in a row? Like, it was, like, it was just, and the other kids are looking at me, and I'm like sweating, you know, like, it's just feeling uh, like, 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 just ousted, you know, and it's like, it was like my kryptonite, man, like reading aloud. It was like, it was, like, other teachers, but like, no, man, if they can read it to himself, he'll be fine, you know, he'll, he's gonna keep the work, you know, do the work, he'll be fine, this and that. She's like, nah. You know, just keep calling on me to read. It was the worst, man. But like, she was nasty to all the kids, not just me. That's how I know like, it wasn't just me. You know, like I would see other kids she was mean to, and like she was just crazy. She was a, she was a bad teacher. I think. Uh, what was one you had? I had it's, the two that pop in my mind are my both my fifth and my sixth grade teachers. Those were two my first two male teachers. Mr. Pelka was my fifth grade teacher, and Mr. Sans was my sixth grade teacher. And Mr. Pelka was just another condescending teacher. I guess he he thought that a you know a black boy didn't know words. I remember, yeah. I, remember I remember I remember on one of my homework assignments, he wrote, "Do you know what this means?" And <laughs> but like, why did, did I use it out of context? I mean. So my mother hated that. And my mother would like walk when she, she would read all my homework assignments and all the comments. And anytime she saw something that was a little suspect, she would either call or she would go down there. And we only lived at you know, two blocks from the school. Wow. And she didn't work in the morning. She worked in the afternoons and the evenings. So she had no problem coming up to the school. So probably Mr. Pelka didn't really care. He was like, um, indifferent i think to everybody so he was one of those teachers that we talk about this that's uh he's been in the game too long and (laughs) (laughs) he just he just looked at everybody the same um now that i reflect on it i think maybe my homework cost him to work more like he actually had to read my answers as opposed to just uh giving me a check mr sans just was nasty man he had a big furry beard and he used to sneeze and it would be like snot and boogers hanging from his beard and can you imagine the sixth grade class like we used to we used to clown him we were horrible oh yeah and then you know by that time i was taller than he was so he was afraid of my mother though my mother had him you know shook um yeah so i those jump out at me because i think those were my first experiences with teachers who um i felt were targeting me or didn't really care about my progress. And you know, it's bad when you have a, you know, so what, 10 and 11, I was 10 and then 11. And to feel as though, um, you know, the person who I saw every day, who was responsible for helping me learn, you know, much rather read the paper. Cause you know, like nobody had cell phones back then. So, you know, I can remember, um, both of those teachers giving us assignments, telling us to read something or whatever, and then sitting back in the chair and reading the newspaper. Oh, and, dude, I mean, yeah, same, same. You know? Um, so, I, you know, I, I think when, it, you know, I'm not, I have no intention on being profane, 
Um, but when I say shitty teachers, I feel like now as an educator, I can really pinpoint that, right? I can, I can look at someone's performance and go, you know what? You're not trying hard enough. You know, you, you, if we were on a team, like if this was Survivor, you, you're going the first week. Oh, or like know, the NFL. Like, you wouldn't right. have made the draft. There's no way. There's no way. There was a Not even. draft, like a combine, and they had to, like, compete for stuff, like, control the class, you know, uh, but you're, you're blessed to play, everything. A lot of these guys wouldn't have made it, man. <laughs> like, Not, at all. Made. <laughs> made. Not at all. Not at all. I remember thinking, we, we had a teacher. He was a great guy, though. But, like, now, like, like I just said, like, looking back, I got hindsight. Now, like, Monday morning quarterback. Not even Monday morning, because it's like, I'm a teacher now, so it's like whatever. So now looking back as an educator and like some of the people I had, it's like, like this guy was awesome. He was a really nice guy. He was, I think, he was my first male teacher, and he was funny. He was like smart and everything, but he was a science teacher. And as a science teacher, like my favorite thing is doing labs. We never did any labs in his classroom, man. We just we just watched either Magic School Bus or Bill Nye. <laughs> The, that was like he would wheel in. He didn't even have to wheel in the TV. The TV just stayed in our room. Other teachers would come get it from us if he wasn't using it, which he was always using. Like we just, but to me, I was like, that's the best class. We don't do anything. But it's like now as teachers, like man, that guy would have not made it. Like in also like when you were in fifth grade, were you uh, you in the Bronx or were you in uh, North Carolina? I was in the Bronx. I did all yeah. my schooling in the Bronx. And you know, I'm a I am a product of the New York City public school system. And 100 percent. Yeah. You know, so I did Ohio, I did a program yeah. I did a program here or there just to kind of supplement my education and in, in, uh, in the private institutions. But for the most part, everything, you know, my my high school diploma and my state licenses and you know everything that I've earned come from the public school system. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't want to make it seem like all of my teachers were like that. Because my seventh grade, I had a seventh grade science teacher, another male, Mr. Stang. Mr. Stang was so dope. Like after all of the state tests, we watch movies and science all the time. So seventh grade. So what am I? Twelve when we start? No, I was thirteen. We watch Aliens. <laughs> like, I, yeah, like that was. He was like, this is science fiction, so it's kind of like science. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, test you know, is done. That's, a, that's when you watch movies, not like getting ready for the test. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we weren't, that's we true. weren't ready. We weren't that's ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm taking a test thinking, like, what did Miss Frizzle say about it? <laughs> 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 what, what was Bill Nye's point about, uh, I know the song, Bill Nye? <laughs> you know, like, that shit doesn't come by the test. <laughs> Yeah, you should write yeah. your, your essay, your short answer response on those, you know, on the magic school bus. You know, going yeah. back in time. According to Miss Frizzle, <laughs> Pluto <laughs> is a planet. Because <laughs> that's, that's right. how it was. Like, right. Ohio, our shit was so crazy. Like, but in high school, our, my high school was so awesome. There was so much cool stuff there. I wish we had that stuff for, like, the kids that, like, uh, not so much the school I'm at now, but the last school I was at. Like, cause it just, there's so much stuff where it's like, like they would, they would love to have a, a TV studio or a radio studio or um, a football field, you know, a baseball field. Like, these are just random things. It's like, like I was so ungrateful. We didn't use them, man. We, we never used them. Mm -hmm. Like we made fun of kids. Oh, you're on the TV team. What, what are you lame? You know, and just right, in right. front of people. But it's like, these kids are trying to film this stuff with, like nothing, man. I feel bad. I wish you know they deserve this stuff, man. But yeah, I had I had one my, my favorite science teacher. But yeah, if we're gonna talk about bad teachers. Talk about some good ones too. But uh, okay, my, fair enough. My favorite one was uh, Miss Watercutter. And what's up with the names of the teachers in Ohio? <laughs> <bro>? <laughs> As weird as those names are, she was awesome though. She like there's stuff I still know to this she day. Better be with that name from her, and it's it's like stuff I still. We dissected pigs, uh, a lamb's was a lamb's eye, uh, a, a sheep's heart, 
Uh, no, it was a cow's eye in sheep's heart, I think. I, we were dissecting all kinds of stuff, man. Pigs, frogs, everything. And uh, it was, I think we dissected a shark. It was just, it was crazy. There's no, Ohio's not even near the ocean, man. I don't know where she got the sharks. Which is, they, they, they were Best flying this stuff in for us, for us to cut up. Yeah. She had some Chinatown connection or something to Dayton. I don't know, but it was, uh, it was awesome. We had the coolest. She, every everything we did, we had nothing but labs. We had um, like just like there's stuff I still remember, you know, and I do with my students now. Like the way I was teaching them about um, uh, different elements, it was like tin and nickel, and then you we just dumped it on the desk, and they had to tell them which ones which, and they were trying to sort them out. Like, and they they had some of them right, but I would just like wave a magnet over it, and a bunch of them would stick. And I remember I can't remember which one it. I think the the, the nickel is magnetic. Or I, I always get that part confused. But one of them would stick to it, and the other one didn't. And it was like, ha ha, you know. And it was, it was awesome, you know what I'm saying? And that's uh, like that. She was a good science teacher. The other guy was cool, but he wasn't really teaching us anything, you know. Well, I, you know, I remember Mr. Stang. I'm going back to him because um, he was incredible. We went on a trip to the South Street Seaport. And he gave us all magnifying glasses and showed us how to burn ants. I'll never forget that. Like he, you know, he was really big on, um, I mean, this is before everybody went green, but he was really big on the power of the sun. He used to say, you know, the sun is the most important uh, element of life in the universe, which is 100% true. And he would talk about, you know, the power of the sun and, um, you know, he compared it one time to Star Wars and how, you know, lightsabers are, you know, basically you can create the same type of uh, light. You can harness light the way that you see in science fiction if you have the right lens. And, oh, yeah. you know, I just, I, I, at that age, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand what he was saying. And then he showed us once in class using, uh, a magnifying glass and just showed us how to kind of tilt it so that we can you know have a a little concentrated beam of light and if we hold it long enough it would burn a hole right through the paper so i remember and he you know he, he would say uh yeah when i was a kid i used to burn ants now you can't tell a boy in the seventh grade that a magnifying glass will help them start a fire because every single boy in that class once he gave us magnifying glasses and we magnifying glasses we took them on the trip to the south street seaport and then they had us kind of like gather around in this common area and have lunch and we all had our magnifying glasses and we were looking for ants man we you know we were trying to start fires and and burn ants and i just thought that for him to reveal the secret of the universe <laughs> to be at 13 i thought that that was incredible so there was Mr. Stang and then Mr. Wasserman, man. Mr. Wasserman was my music teacher for three years. And he was the first teacher to tell me that he loved me. Not a creepy way, but just, and not just me, I should say that. Everyone, like he would tell all of the students before vacation, hey guys, I love you, be careful, be safe. And, you know, I'd never heard that from a teacher before. And it felt natural. He was a music teacher, so it was, uh, you know, he was he was sensitive, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I I appreciate that like that's what I think about right now when I think about good teachers, I think about teachers who love their students, and you can't love everyone all the time, but if your default setting is love, if you teach from a place of care and concern, and you look at the students in your classroom, as if they were your own. That's a good start, man, because you can teach skill, you can teach lesson planning, you can teach um, standards and all of the buzzwords that we use. Those things can come over time, but you can't teach a person to love children. That's, that's oh, in no. you. No, 100%. You know? I remember having a teacher that just didn't like kids at all. And just thinking, like, why did you, like... Like, you should have a different job, man. Like, I don't know. Like, it, like not just one. There was a few teachers that were just, like, complete, like, freaking psychos. Like, uh, I had this one guy in uh, high school, and he 
he was um he, he kind of just seemed like every day was a bad day you know like it, he never had a good Damn. day it seemed like he was just like, like he was just mad like he was mad to be there and he was he was one of the smartest teachers in the school though and he was uh he was the, the physics teacher and i had him like like ninth grade and he was just really really smart and animated but it was just like it was like every day he got there like oh, I gotta do this again. Like, like, dude, this is your job. <laughs> like, well, did, what did you think was gonna happen? Like, what did you think? <laughs> None of the kids will ever be there. You know? <laughs> he, he was he he was dumpster diving. You know, he he saw himself as a scientist. <laughs> you know, he 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 had aspirations to be an astrophysicist, and he ended up teaching middle school. Um, you know, yeah. that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't. It wasn't part of his life plan. He didn't have a vision board to teach ninth grade physics, you know. So yeah, he probably every day was a bad day for him. <laughs> I just other teacher, yeah, it was. Uh, he was just the the opposite, like the polar opposite of that. There was a few of them, like uh, that were just so cool, and they were always nice and happy and great moods and. It, like they came in and they didn't have to work as hard to control the classroom because we loved them. We were happy to see them. Oh, he's hit, you know. If they weren't there, that's that's the stuff that would get it because we're like, now we're mad that you're here instead of our teacher. Like that's the way kids were thinking, I guess. So this perfectly innocent person just had a terrible day because we missed the teacher that we like, you know. Right, um, right. The, the crazy guy, though, who, like, hated kids, we found a uh, a pizza receipt in his classroom. Here's the thing. That receipt was for 3 a.m. So we're like, wait a minute. You ordered pizza at <laughs> 3 in the morning, and you were here? <laughs> and just put him up, because like, it was, like, the, you know, he was just a weird guy. But, I, I mean, he did have some cool experiments, though. I'll tell you that. He did some cool stuff. Well, see, teachers like that end up breaking bad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's what he was doing. <laughs> Fifteen years, they're like, okay, time to time to come up with the retirement plan. Yeah, and then they start making meth in the basement of a school. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, man. I I first off, I'm extremely thankful that I have the job that I have, oh, and I take it. I don't take it for granted. I am. I try to be very serious about my work and just remember all the experiences that I had um, that were equally positive and also negative, right? So carrying those things in the front of my brain so that when students act up, it just reminds me, hey, these are children and I shouldn't react too severely because they will remember it. I, I can traumatize them by saying one thing, right? Yes, I'm, I'm, I, I am witty and I, I can hit them with a comeback and I can roast them. But if I do that, you know, I don't, I don't want a kid to kill himself and leave me in a suicide note. You know what I mean? Like that's not, I think about those things. I think about the, the fact that there are kids who are suffering at home Right, they have home situations, unfortunately, that aren't supportive of you know academic progress. They come to school for security, they come for stability, and if you can't provide that, then that's the second place that they have that they have to go to every day that isn't helping them. So you know it's a it's a huge responsibility, and I take it seriously, man. I, I don't I don't think for a minute that my role is um, secondary to a parent's role, right? right? I'm an adult in their life that could be just as formative as, you know, a, a biological caregiver, you know? And, and I, when I, you know, when I talk about bad teachers, I always try to remember that. Like, I always try to remember that, you know, we're all human, we're all people, but you know, maybe these teachers also had bad experiences as children, and their default setting is not one of love, right? They, they're just crunchy all the time because they don't know how to, you know? I, I don't know how they pass the state 
licensing exam, you know, that should be on the test, right? Do you like kids? That should be the first question before you get your license, you know? And they don't swear us in either. I would feel like I'm a public servant. I feel like I am equally as important as, you know, we have, especially in New York, you know, you have New York's finest, you have, you know, you have New York's bravest, even the corrections officers have some. They're, they're New York's boldest. I mean, I, I don't know what makes you bold, turn the key and lock somebody up. But, you know, we should at least be New York's brightest. You got to be bold to lock someone in a room. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bold thing to do. I will cage you. <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> but no, no. In all, all, all fairness, though, yeah, like, like lawyers get sworn in and police get sworn in. Hospitals have the Hippocratic oath. They should be asking people, like, like look, look the teacher in the eye real quick and just say, like, you really like kids? You know, just, just right, right. Double check, double check, that's man. Good, yeah, I mean, that's they, a good place to start. Yeah, I mean, the background check, you know, was I guess they did that at least make sure you know some like psycho, but uh, yeah, man, they should at least be doing that. And I mean, yeah, I mean, you going back to what you said, you either you're gonna end up on like a a uh, a suicide note or like a like a shit list. You, know, you don't want to be that, mm -hmm. especially like these these schools were. Like one thing good about COVID, you know, is that there's no more school shootings. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. Because there's, there's, I, I want to say, I mean, you know, some of those kids were there's a re, there's maybe a teacher that pushed them, you know, to snap, you know, a little bit. Okay, that's that's definitely one perspective. And the other one is maybe they were going to snap and a teacher prevented them from snapping. 100%. Right. So, yeah. so, you know, we have roles in the building where it's not just about um, in response to it can also be to prevent something from happening. I, you know, I just watched this movie uh, Elephant. It was I think it's about 15 years old now. And yeah. I'd never seen it before. Basically, it's a dramatization of Columbine. And, right. you know, they take it, you don't know it when you watch it. You're just watching it. It's, a, it's one day in a school, story told from multiple perspectives. And they take you through it. And then you know something is funky when two of the characters are, you know, playing first person shooting games and they're talking, you know, they have these crazy, they're fetishizing, you know, blowing people's head off. And then you, you kind of get the sense, okay, this is kind of eerie. And then it jumps all over. It's not linear in terms of time. So it, 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 it gives you a few weeks in the past. It gives you what's happening in the moment. And they basically take you into the story of Columbine and what it was like for those people. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to think that a teenager would want to do that, number it one, is. right? It is. It's like, something like mental. Of yeah. course it is. I mean, we, have a, we live in a violent society, and I think part of our job is also to mitigate that. I mean, we, you know, American society is, you know, it, 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 listen, I, I, I am thankful for the life that I have, but if I'm, if I'm being real, the influences that our kids have that they have to battle with you know, our, our entire culture, you know, we, we celebrate the cowboys, right? And the Wild West and soldiers and tough guys and, you know, gangsters. Like, like think about who the heroes are. Think about the movies that we watch, you know, John Wick blowing people up. Like, I'm not saying that those movies aren't fun, but I am saying that we feed our children a steady diet of violence and death. And... Oh, yeah. You know, what? how are they supposed to process it? How, how are they, look, if your father has a AR and you always hear him talking shit, or, you know, uh, maybe you have access to a handgun yourself, right? And you just, you know what? You're tired of taking shit. And taking shit is part of the teenage experience, right? That's the other thing too. Like high school is a Petri dish. And part of it is to socialize you so that you can handle conflict. And some kids, just don't handle conflict well and it sits on them and it weighs on them and you know if you have the power of life and death you know in in the form of a firearm you know 
why wouldn't you, if you're manic, or you know, if you, I should, I probably shouldn't say manic. What, what, what is the uh, clinical bipolar? Sorry, if you are bipolar, or you are on ADHD medicine, and that's the other thing. A lot of our kids have been taking drugs since they were four. You know, I didn't start taking drugs till I was like 21. <laughs> you know, and it, that was just uh, yeah. you know, the par- that was at a party. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. I didn't have to take drugs to go to school, and to, you know, to talk to people normally. And yeah. that has to do something to your brain. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I remember seeing like uh, the chemical symbol for uh, like Ad- Adderall or whatever. And then they, they show it next to like the chemical symbol for like crystal meth. And there's like just one hydrogen different. Like other than that, it's the same exact formula. And you think like, uh, that's also was like something that was made by like the Nazis pretty much. They, 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 gave, they called it a vitamin. They were all like Hitler, like you see him in them speeches, and he's like, I just, I just, like yelling at somebody. He he's on meth, man. He's flipping out. Like he's meffed out. The whole, his whole plan was crazy. Um, all those guys, like, you know, were like that. Giving that stuff to kids, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I never, I never took it. I don't know uh, too much about that. I just don't think it's, it is wise to help them in the classroom. I don't think you're, I don't, I don't really know any instances where that was uh what was helping um but you know what's crazy what's what's crazy is you know what you know the point you just made about adhd medicine or what is it uh ritalin or what what did you say yeah adderall right so you got adderall on one side right so you your kid has focusing problems so you give him two tablets of adderall in the morning so he can go to school and and work and, and do what he needs to do but on the way to school, he stops at the corner store and he buys, you know, I don't know, three candy bars and a honey bun and some Takis. And the sugar content, I mean, because sugar is essentially cocaine. So yeah. before he comes to your class, he's already taking meth and cocaine. And we expect that he's going to sit there and, Mr. Clark, can you read? <laughs> can you? Can, not not can, even just that. Yeah, yeah, not even just that. Can it's, you read uh, that out loud, please? Not even just that. It's the... Uh... Like, there's nothing, I can sit there and write, like, pages and pages and pages of lessons. Nothing I can write to compete with this. You know, if a kid has this, there's nothing you can do that is more uh, captivating than their cell phone. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whatever they're on, TikTok, all these other things. Uh, All-star hip-hop. Alone, I, I can sit there on my break and watch 10 videos and just wild stuff around the world, you know? Right. Kid can, there's nothing I can do to get them to focus if they have that. And then you're, you're teaching, you know, teaching from home, uh, our attendance is uh, sketchy, you know? And it's some kids that are in the class that aren't really doing anything, not turning anything in. Uh, because now we can segue into, uh, yes. which is a pretty good transition into the COVID thing. Um, well, you know, remote learning, distance learning. Uh, all right, so I got a couple of a couple of kids stories. You talk about um, young people doing stupid things. Uh, <laughs> so we had a, we had a virtual classroom where uh, a student thought it was a good idea to uh, take over. Basically, he got to the class before the teacher. And he starts, you know, streaming porn. Because what else would you do? You know, I mean, like, you get there first, you present, you do a little <laughs> screaming share, right? Wow. And you you show the new video that you just discovered. Um, and apparently it was like he was, it wasn't just he was playing it and then he walked away from it. Like, he was actively, he wanted to take you into his, wow. <laughs> his normal morning routine. Wow. And, you know, flipping through videos, 10 seconds here, 20 seconds there. And, you know, finally, one of the kids, <laughs> one of the parents was peeking in on her daughter's class and heard the, you know, the, the, the sounds of music <laughs> coming from, the, coming from the, her daughter's laptop and then called the school right away. And uh, he was booted from the class. And then we had another young lady who thought she was on a text message chain with her friends, and one of her friends dared her to, uh, you know, do a girls gone wild kind of thing on camera, 
And don't you know she did it? You know, she flashed the whole class. And I just think to myself, you know, we live in a time where none of these things are out of pocket for young people, right? Like you mentioned the cell phone situation and how young people are completely addicted to their cell phone. And part of it is because cell phones actually do something to change your, your actual your brain function. Um, so by the time they get to high school, they've already been on the cell phone for three or four years. Their brains just work differently. But you have that. And now you also have the culture where there's nothing abnormal about a kid with a cell phone who is not of age having access to pornography or sending new pictures of themselves or um, cyberbullying. Like these are, this is just a normal occurrence for them in their world. So you say that, you know, kids can't, if you can't engage kids, you, you can never engage kids as well as a cell phone engages them. I say, I don't know, maybe they bring cell phone culture into the, you know, virtual classroom. And then they're very engaged because I've seen that happen already. Um, and, you know, and that's where we need the, the support of strong parents. And, you know, you can be a shitty parent too. You know, not to put all the blame on the, on the, uh, on the teachers. You know, we need cooperation and teamwork from parents because, you know, parents need to make sure that their kids wake up and have breakfast. You know, they need to make sure that if they're walking behind the camera, that they are properly dressed themselves, you know. Don't, you know, you know, you shouldn't be smoking a blunt on camera. You know, we, I, shouldn't, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't see clouds of smoke behind your child. And I shouldn't see that if you are, you know, a senior in high school, right? So it's the, the entire culture right now has been fused where the clear lines between school um, and personal life are blurred because people are at home. Right, we're, we're asking them to learn at home. And I think that's where the blur comes. Yeah, we have, uh, so we have, we have one student uh, just in this, this first week of school who turned in every single thing, which is pretty sad because it should have been more than just one of them, you know? But uh, we also did like a survey and I was going over all the survey results. And one of the questions on the survey is like, what, do you, what, what device are you using to learn remotely? Again, she's just using this, just her cell phone. So you're telling me, well, that's, that's kind of what you're saying. Like on one hand, when you're in school, when you're in the building, the cell phone kid is like the hardest kid to reach. But now that this one kid's actually able to use the phone and get every single thing done. Other kids have, oh, I got a laptop and a desktop and I got a tablet. That's three devices, you can do one thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. You got all these things at home. You can't do anything. You know, like uh, you can't even log in for attendance. Like it's just it's it's sketchy. Um, well, you know, it's yeah, like man. you have all these things, but you're not using them any. You're not using any of them for for what we are asking you to do. I guarantee, you know, all, oh, you know, they're on Instagram that day. You know, that they couldn't log in to to do a Zoom chat like this or anything. Well, you know, I so it's it's. It's unavoidable. I mean, because the other thing is, man, I don't want to die. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to get sick. And if, if it is a minor inconvenience, but it's an inconvenience that is worth uh, putting, putting yourself through. Because, you know, this COVID is, is it's a real thing. It's a, it's a real thing. And I resent folks that try to pretend that it's not. Um, I had to tell a parent last week who was critical of the way class was being taught and was, wasn't being very, um, she didn't put it this way, she didn't have a global view of the situation we we're in. So I politely reminded her, I said, um, you know, I just, I, I said, your daughter is learning from home. I was like, but I'm not teaching from home. I'm actually in the building. So you can consider me a first responder. And then when I said that, she took a step back and she thought about it and just this idea of, okay, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm not thinking about the whole picture. Like this isn't, 
ideal for anyone. So we're all trying to figure this out. You know, that, that's, I think that's the takeaway. We're all trying to figure this out. And on the road to that, you know, there are going to be some bumps and bruises. Um, I was thinking, like, I don't know what they would have done if this had happened, like, when I was a kid. Like, if it would have been, like, 19, if it was COVID-99 instead of COVID-19, you know? Like, <laughs> what would they, I don't know what, they, we freaked out about Y2K, that was nothing, you know? <laughs> was, I don't know what they would have done if it was uh, in the 90s, 2000s, whatever. Because uh, I, I, the internet was terrible, we had broadband. Uh, we had one computer in the whole house. We also had one computer in the classroom. It wasn't. I don't know what they would have done in Ohio uh, or New York for that matter. Um, we would have been outside probably, teaching in the snow. Yeah, <laughs> picking up uh, picking up workbooks. Your parents would have come pick up your homework and come drop it off. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's you know crazy. what? That's that's exactly right. You know what? No, we would have been teaching on the phone. A big three way call. <laughs> yeah, probably, man. It, it probably would have been. For the back in March when it was crazy, they probably would have done all homework, and then and we're just lucky. Technology. Hey, look, listen to this, man. So, um, I got to drive yesterday, and I was driving a uh, uh, a new um, Camry, right? And I didn't know that they could do this. I don't know if this is something you knew or what, but the car now scans the. Um, speed limit so you don't have to know you don't have to look for the speed limit the car knows it so if i'm it'll it'll adjust on the dash it'll say what it is so if i'm driving let's say it's 40 and uh i start going 45 it'll ding to tell me and it's like you know you're speeding now and it, it'll adjust really quick like there was one intersection where it's 40 on one side going out the other side it dropped down to like 30 or 25 or something crazy um but the car like scanned the next speed limit sign and already knew it it was, it's crazy. Technology is going to be, yeah, I think that it's, uh, it's advancing exponentially. So every, every year it doubles, you know? So I think with, uh, with school, I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to keep all this remote stuff and it's going to be even better. Like next year's remote learning will be way better than this year's. I guarantee it. Um, hopefully we don't have to utilize it and rely on it as much, but Next time this happens, it'll be, it'll be even better than this one. That's what I think. Okay, so my prediction, this is my prediction. I feel like when, when a vaccine is finally made and, you know, they, they will, they'll try to mandate all the children need vaccines. So you take your kid in, you get a vaccine, and they'll say, oh, and by the way, we have this cybernetic microchip where your online lessons will be fed right through the microchip. You can get that and you'll never have to worry. And it'll be something like science fiction related. Um, I, I, I just, I think all of this is in service to a, a societal change that, you know, we should be constantly aware of because we're already there, right? Yeah. If, you know, built our, our school buildings obsolete now, you know how you have these huge structures that kind of only exist, um, you know, you have a digital space and then you have a physical space. So now is the physical space obsolete? Are you, are you what are they going to turn these school buildings into? Because I guarantee you, if it, the longer it takes for things to get back in the groove, um, financial considerations are going to begin to take over, right? And the cost of actually running a building heating a building, keeping the lights on, um, they're going to have to mitigate those costs, right? And, you know, if, if the country is still borderline shut down, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's really important for us as educators to be fluid and to not yeah. be stuck on what it, what it looked like yesterday versus what it looks like today and what it will be tomorrow, right? Um, I, I just, I, I feel like it's, it's imperative as educational leaders for us to be forward thinking and not necessarily rely on old systems and just to be creative and to be able to adapt. Um, that's where we are right now in society. Just, just this idea that 
things are things are moving in a direction and i mean you just i think that car example is a great metaphor for you know you need an automated car that can tell you the speed limit right because yeah, you've seen that by the way that's that blew my no, mind no but <laughs> it, i i think <laughs> that that's that's great uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I just got would, my license. I, I just moved to New Jersey. I haven't driven in years, so I was like, "You just got your license? Wait, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm 32. I just because the whole time I was in the Bronx, I didn't need it, you know. So I, I just got true. it now, and I was like, just blown away. Like, wait, what? Like, a car's been doing this? Like, and they're like, yeah. oh, this, is, this is new. Actually, <laughs> this is brand new. And I was like, all right, this is this is not, and it's a Camry. Like, I can I expect like a Tesla, a Camry. Doing right, this? right. <laughs> it's it's but, like you were locked yeah. up. And you just caught home, <laughs> and somebody handed you a cell phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think I think what schools what they're gonna have is like, uh, have you seen like the, the Oculus, Oculus Rift? It's like a virtual reality, like not like a helmet, but like goggles, and then you can just see uh, augmented reality. I guess. Yes. I think that yes. there'll probably be something like that. I see. I could see if that because like right now those things are something insane. I think it's like uh, it's probably like few hundred dollars maybe like around like six hundred dollars for like the basic one um there's probably a knockoff one around like 300 but it's going to be expensive to give that to every kid right now but i see in a few years that technology is going to be uh duplicated and cheaper but um so i could see them using those in the classroom that'd be something special but i don't, I don't know if school buildings are obsolete as much as like like already like snow days are obsolete that's not gonna be a thing anymore when it snows that sucks. you don't gotta come in but you can learn virtually, you know, just do, you know, Google Classroom that day. Um, the buildings, the reason I don't think they're going to get rid of that is because although it probably, you know, does take a lot out of the budget, people need, uh, like at the end of the day, especially like when I'm teaching, like when I taught like middle school and uh, like my, my training summer, I taught summer, uh, summer school for like sixth grade and third grade and stuff someone has to watch those kids if their parents are going to work and so they they would need someone to watch the kids they're going to want teachers that can watch they need something they need the kids to go somewhere you know so yes. like not, we're, we're pretty much the most expensive babysitters in the world like at that point so that someone can go work their job at an office or hospital whatever they're doing um so they need they need they're still going to need the school buildings and then the other thing is like athletics and music and stuff you just can't really do as well virtually. I mean, I'm, when I'm teaching science, the labs, we're not able to du duplicate the labs. And the state test, obviously, they just uh, excuse that. But um, they still need the kids to, to do something in person. You know, I, I, I don't uh, know, brother. I kind of feel like there are countries all over the world that don't have public education. And we look at ourselves as a first world country and we take it for granted that, you know, public education is just entitled to everybody. And uh, yeah, everybody, everybody um, doesn't have access to, you know, free and public education. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you live in a hut, you know, or, you know, a dirt shack, you know, they, there are reasonably advanced countries that don't have the public education system we have. I mean, listen, in Europe, I know in Germany, they have a system where they figured out your track by the time you get to the fourth grade. Be like, oh, you can't read. You're going to be a laborer. Oh, you're bright. You did well on this fourth grade test. We're going to make you an engineer. And I mean, that that's a shitty system. Yeah. But it, it helps them. I would have been a laborer. <laughs> And I mean, I, I couldn't read, just not out loud. I couldn't prove it. Couldn't. <laughs> even in my classroom now, like, you know, since I teach special ed, I can even uh, go back and, you know, think of how stuff was for me and, like, what helped me. So that kind of helps, like, make me better than some of the regular ones, I think. So, yeah, my bad. Continue. No, I mean, and, and I think that that's, that's the part where folks often um, get twisted in terms of looking at our society as this static, unmovable thing. And if, if this current moment has taught us anything, 
is that change is consistent, right? And I don't think that it's that people are afraid of change. People are afraid of loss. And, you know, if you're afraid of losing something, then it blinds you to what's actually happening. And I don't know. I'm just like, okay, well, you know what? If I have to homeschool, I have the materials, you know, I, I, I know, I know some folks that have created a homeschool system in their building. They, they have turned the laundry room uh, during the day into an area where it's like 10 or 15 kids that live in the building can sit there and do their work together, right? And they've spaced it out. I think that's an incredible um, project of consensus, right? So they sit together and, and figure out, hey, you know what? This thing has ended for us the way that it used to, at least temporarily, right? So what are we going to do? Are we going we to complain? Are we going to, you know, call, you know, 1010 Wins and ABC News and, and you know, B&M about it? You know, or are we going to be creative and try to figure out a solution for this issue? So um, I am, I feel positive, though. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't feel as though the system is crashing in on itself because I think there are plenty of smart people who can adapt and can figure out what the next course of action, you know, so for, I think for every shitty teacher, you have two or three really good teachers. Um, maybe, maybe it's a closer to a, a one and instead of a one-to-one, -one, maybe a one to 1 1.5 uh, right now anyway, because I think a lot of people are feeling anxious and anxiety related to what they're going to do. But I think that, there are far few. I'm gonna I'm gonna say like uh, when people defend, you know, the police officers, and they say, ah, oh, such a small amount. I'm gonna say the same thing, right? I think that there are small amounts of teachers that are really bad, but you remember those teachers more than you remember the good ones in some cases. A thousand um, percent. It's like you know, uh, we when we came up with this podcast idea uh, for this episode, and we we said, you know, shitty teachers. I thought we would have had way more, but we really couldn't come up with too many. I mean, I didn't come up, I didn't really name the ones I worked with so much, but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I think it's kind of a good thing that we, we couldn't come up with too many bad ones, you know? But, uh, all right, man, uh, it's almost seven o'clock, so I'm gonna I'm log off. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Well, I'll, I'll see you later. No, 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 no. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. See, as, oh, okay. as, as smart as I think I am, <laughs> sometimes I still have issues with the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, we got to do this again, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so whenever you're rocking, you know, I can, we can, we can, we can work on content and figure it out, man. This was fun. All right, this man. Yes, yeah, the first one. Well, it's like one and a half because I got a. Uh, I also started one with my wife too, so it's, I'm gonna okay. put it in one one big episode. Okay, all right, sounds good. Yeah, that that probably will be different tonally than this one. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, my brother, I'll talk all to right, you man. soon. Peace. Peace.